0: We R S. E. Recruiting Podcast with Randy Taylor. Uh Randy, you want to talk some offensive line recruiting today? Uh that's a that's a big topic right now for the Trojans coming off of the loss on Friday night against Washington State when uh there were several offensive linemen injured and so all of a sudden you had two true freshmen uh, in there and so just want, kind of want to talk about uh, who we may be looking at in the future right now but the first thing I want to ask is how tough is that so many kids talk about wanting to play early but when you're a true freshman offensive lineman thrown in there like that what are the biggest challenges? Well
1: it, the biggest challenge is the the continuity and the feel the linemen have between each other you know they get so used to uh, having reps on and on and over and over again next to each other, and, the, and they kind of understand, uh I guess, subconsciously the the other's strengths and weaknesses and, and where, you know, do, do I need to get my uh, uh, rear end closer to his on a double team, or is he going to make me happy? You know, just all those little feel things that, that you do. Um, and, and so coming in as a guy that probably hasn't gotten a lot of reps with first team, uh, those things are gone. So that feel and the, the even the, the stance and lining up on the other guy, if you know, it's a, a center lines up on the guard, the guard lines, you know, tackle lines up on the guard and all those kind of things. Uh, I don't think I said that right, but, but you know what I mean? So the alignment mm-hmm. is something. Some guys sit back, some are foot. All of those little things uh, are distracting and, and hard to get used to. Um, and, and then you got, you know, guys coming in that haven't played a lot of snaps. Uh, that, that becomes an even bigger issue. Just the speed of the game and, and all of those things and understanding the calls. Uh, you know, probably the most difficult one would be having a new center because of all mm-hmm. the call line calls blocking and all that kind of stuff. So it is definitely a challenge, but as much as I was mentioning to you, I think the defensive backfield is the other area where it, there has to be so much uh, uh, comfort with the other players to know what they can and can't do or where they're going to be, that kind of stuff. The O-line is is so much like that. Uh, So I think that, you know, the Jackson kid and the Voorhees kid will be good players like you and I will talk them. But just getting in and and all of the stuff they have to overcome and then get used to the other linemen is, is really tough. So they weren't at their best. And, and, but it's just hard and, it, you know, you gotta get reps and, and a lot of, because of the kind of the NCAA rules, and I think it's a good thing to limit the, the hours that they spend because they're students, but you can't take a lot of time to get your second team guys alternated into your first team group. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. they need to be working together as a unit. But, you know, you see a lot of D linemen rotate in. Well, it's just to just keep kind of rotating and they've got their either their slant or their loop or the whatever the heck they're going to do. And it's not quite as, uh, uniform or, or, uh, needs to be as coordinated. You know everything's coordinated, but you know what I mean, right? Does that
0: make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. And so let's talk about a couple of guys. We we we've talked about uh, the the two commits that SC has right now on the O line for the coming class. You know, Justin Dedich out at Chaparral and Liam Douglas at uh, at Harvard Westlake. And so so we 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 know those two guys. And anybody else that you've seen this year that you think uh, you know that 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 could be a potential SC offensive line guy?
1: Yeah, first
0: thing, you know, you know how I feel about Dedich. He's a guy that could play early, Mm -hmm. and
1: I think, you know, could be one of those backup guys as a freshman at center, which is a tough thing to do. Uh, Douglas, uh, I think, is a little bit further away, but has all the movement skills and all that. Uh, The other guys, we you know, uh, there's Pene Sewell, uh, a kid out of Utah, St. George, Desert Hills High School is a massive and and a really intelligent kid. I think that, uh, uh, you know, Trojans are are interested in and they've got a shot at the other kid, Jackson Carmen from Fairfield, uh, uh, Ohio is a massive athlete. Now he's going to be a guy that Ohio State is, is on really hard and Clemson is on, you know, really hard. So Mm -hmm. those are the couple of names that, uh, are, are obviously. Not obviously, but are guys that you're going to want to uh, look to and hopefully get them in this 18 class. A couple other guys I, I kind of like in the 18 class. There's a kid at a, a Morse High School in San Diego, Samuel Morse, Elijah Carson. He, he's one of those guys, 6'8, 290, you know, long arm size and, and moves pretty well. Uh, there's a kid up at Placer High School in Northern California, William Craig, I, I like. Uh, powerful with more, you know, he's a guy six five two seventy five 6'5", 275 with more growth potential, if you can believe that. These, these days, you know, I always talk about length, long arms, uh, in the old lineman, sometimes just being huge helps you because it's long, it takes longer for the defensive guy to get around you. And, and right. so those, some of those guys fit that bill. Uh, so I, I, those are kind of the names that popped into my head when you, we, you asked about OL.
0: Okay, and then for, for 2019, I know we've talked about uh, Jonah Ta'uatunu at uh, right. Narbonne, and, and he's. But I uh, also want to take uh, um, Sean Ryan out at San yeah. Juan Hills High School. Um, yeah, he, I like him.
1: He's a, a talented junior. He's about 6'5, 275, and, and again, a guy with room to grow, but. You know, he can bend his knees. He's got movement skills. You know, that, that's another guy that you that you will want. Uh, you know, you're really going to recruit and, and know that this is a kid that's going to develop into something. Maybe not immediately. I think Jonah has a chance to play early, even though he's still a young guy. Uh, but I think that uh, uh, those two are really good good prospects in that next class. Probably to me,
0: maybe the two best. Okay, okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, who'd you go out and see last week. So last week I had a chance to see uh, go
1: to some play uh, Sonora High School. Is at Elisa Miguel? And Sonora has a corner, Chagosi Anusium, who uh, I believe may be committed to Cal, but he's an NFL corner. Uh, I I raised my grade on him seeing him this past. Uh, uh, Friday, he's a, uh, or Thursday, he's a long athlete. He's a physical kid, really, really talented, and it just, you know, has everything that you would look for. When you see defensive backs lining up corners, you know, in their defensive stance, that's what this guy looks like. Uh, okay. Also, uh, went out to Rancho Verde, so Manny Allen, the transfer from Corona Centennial, uh he had to sit a little while with the transfer to Rancho Verde uh and and really he's still kind of working his way into the lineup which is is kind of unique they've got some some good kids up there but he's just in his second game uh I saw him last week and so he's learning their system but he is still a fluid athletic kid that that uh, is really good they've got a 2019 kid Jackson Turner Who's a long, lanky kid that, that'll turn into a safety, I think is a guy worth watching. I also saw Roosevelt High School and they always have kids, you know, out mm-hmm. in, uh, Eastvale, Corona. Braden Huffman Dixon is a, is a no-brainer to me. He's a 2019 wide receiver, long, athletic. Uh, sometimes he is his, his, uh, he runs hot and cold, but, uh, the night I saw him, uh, he was definitely hot. Uh, and, went, and and I know Colorado and Boise State were out there and a bunch of other coaches uh, that had bias, you know, those kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson out there is another 2019 wide receiver, very similar to Huffman Dixon. He's a long, a lanky, athletic guy, uh, probably a, a voice faster. He's a track kid, you know, a, a low 11. Uh, 100 meters and, uh, uh, is really one of those guys that loves to compete. He was injured and sat with an ankle injury, but I've seen him before. So those were kind of the, the key guys that, that USC would have on their, their radar that I saw this,
0: uh, this past week. Okay. There was, uh, you know, with, with SC playing on Friday, I know, uh, J- John Jackson got to go see his son. Um, yep. And uh, seventeen catches for 123 yards. He is—he just is a good football
1: player. You know that—that's the thing that you know. He's like his dad. I don't think his dad was a track guy and and all that. But he just ran good routes. He caught the ball. He did did the things that you want to do. And and that's what uh, John's son is. He he is—he's just like, and he's a good kid. Fun to watch.
0: No, no, no doubt, and they were breaking in a, a you know first game starter in that in that game, and yeah. so uh, yeah, that was a, it was a tough loss that that Van Buren kid at running back. I I know I was questioning when they lost T.J. Pledger. I said, what a loss there for Shamanod, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Van he's buren to be having too many problems. <laughs> yeah, and he's a little
1: bigger kid, and yeah, so he's uh, he he is a talented guy, and they have a young quarterback at Chaminade as well, but. Uh, uh, I think when the kid transferred out to Faraclede, I don't think uh-huh. that Coach Croson, uh was too uh, uh, upset about because of the young guy coming up. The Stevens kid? Yeah. Yeah, get some reps, yeah.
0: Okay. So, who, uh, who are you looking at going to see this week? So this week I'll be out uh, in the Temecula Valley,
1: the you know, all that, Murrieta, all that area. So I'm going to see Vista Murrieta and Murrieta Valley. Okay. Uh, Mr. Marietta has got that, uh, Keon Ware Hudson, who's a really uh-huh. good, uh, defensive no linebacker young kid. No doubt. A- Elijah Guidry is a safety, uh, kid whose brother went to Utah last year. Uh, good speed, you know, really good coverage guy from the safety position. They've got an underrated linebacker, Travis Plantier, that I really, really like, who I think will play against SC and and you know, the those kind of elite programs in the but it'll be in the Pac twelve, you know.
0: Murrieta mm-hmm. uh, Marietta
1: Valley's got the the uh, Spiker kid who's a long, big good looking athlete. Um Bachmeyer, the quarterback, is a good you know, is a Division one player. And they've got a couple sure. other kids, Purdue and Fedler who are a nice offensive linemen who'll be division one guys. And then Paloma Valley and Temesco Canyon Uh, has some good football players, but, but I don't, right now don't see division one kids. Paloma Valley's got some 2018 defensive back athlete type kids who will play in the, in the Pac 12 and, and probably play against, uh, against USC. I kind of look at players as, as the guys that, that teams like USC will offer. And then there's that next group of guys that'll play against a team like USC. Sure. If that makes sense. Sure. It so uh, they're good they're good players uh just didn't make that, that list. And sometimes they're you know, I mean SC has not has been great at not relying on stars for athletes, you know, the five uh-huh. star, four star. They've gone and gotten players who they can see they do a great job. I've always talked about Eric Siskin and then Alex Rios and that whole group, they're really good at projecting kids. And so sometimes you don't have to be a five-star. You can be that three-star that that uh, ends up playing on Sunday, you know?
0: Sure, so sure. Oh, they do a good job. Yeah, the, the the star system is certainly not an end-all, be-all. Um, no, but it sure is fun. <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. And it's, it's, <laughs> we always talk about it with the NFL draft. You know, the, the NFL draft, they – the, the the top the top guys on the list are it usually works out, but that's yeah. not absolute either. And they spend a lot of money on their scouting departments up they there sure at that do. level. So yeah, it's they, a very inexact do. science. <laughs> yeah, okay, they, we got uh, a. Uh... Go ahead. What's that? Oh, I was just I, going to say it.
1: Wisconsin. I watched a little bit of the Wisconsin game, and they they have this huge like twenty out of the ninety two walk-ons that they've had in the past whatever number of years they're playing in the NFL.
0: So it's just kind of a, how some of that goes with those starters. So all what well, that is. Yeah. Okay. We got a uh, Taylor topic for the day?
1: Yeah. You know, I think with the Adidas uh, issue that has come up in basketball, Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 that doesn't mean it's just in basketball. I guarantee you that there's, they're involved in football and in different sports. So I just want to talk about the amateurism. I think is a key, uh, point to talk about right now. And and the NCAA did something recently. If it's been five years or so. They kind of laxed their rules about the involvement of third parties and other people. And I think that that has hurt. Uh, a lot of, uh you know, has created some of the trouble we're in right now, you know, when you, and it's hard when you relax a rule it's hard to go back and enforce it, so uh-huh. I think we got ourselves into a situation where athletes are being offered stuff that is too good to be true, and you know how that saying is, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is, mm-hmm. and so I think that's happening in football as well, so uh I think if if it's that's the perfect way to look at it. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. And the other thing I would say is is there's a whole thing. There's a great resource. It's called The Guide for the College-Bound Student-Athlete, and you can get it online, and it's free. If you have a college prospect in any sport, get that publication. It's done by the NCAA. And it talks about benefits from an agent or a prospective agent, and and the term agent is one that refers to more than just the Lee Steinbergs and the IMGs of the world. You know, it's it's about Mm -hmm. someone who is representing an athlete. That is that's what an agent is. So I think that's a really important thing to to understand. You know, if if you're getting free admission to a seven on seventeen, and others have to pay. You're a professional. That affects your amateurism. You're getting something that someone else is not getting because of your ability. Does that make sense? It does. So I think all of that stuff is really important to pay attention to. And one of the things we've
0: heard—I'm sorry, I was going to say—one of the things we've heard huh. so often in recent years with the rise of seven-on-seven seven is, you know, basketball people saying, "Hey, this is looking awfully familiar to the AAU and going down that path." and and I don't know if they were necessarily saying it in everything good, you know, hey be, no. be careful that there's stuff that comes with this. And yeah, uh, I, I, I think that's what you're saying.
1: Absolutely. And I think parents have got to be uh involved as much as possible because you know, as a kid and young people, we we somebody wants to give us something, you know, I'm I'm taking it, right? And don't think about that. you know, I think this person's just being nice. Well, there's always an ulterior motive. Nobody gives you anything for free. So if somebody pays for your trip to a camp uh, somewhere in, in the United States, they're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart 99.9% of the time. They're doing it because they're going to benefit in some way. And so I think that's important for parents to understand. And, and what it does ultimately is it hurts the athlete. The athlete loses eligibility. The athlete becomes ineligible. The or has to pay money back or do it. So that's that's what's really important. I think the, the kids uh, need to have an adult who who is looking out for their best interests, and not just the freebies.
0: Always a good time, Randy. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. For Randy Taylor, this is Gary Pasquitz. You're listening to the We RSE Podcast.